Car Guy Radio Show. I say this calls for action, and now, nip it in the bud. Nip it in the bud. You got to nip it in the bud. Now I finally changed my mind. I've opened up the doors. Overcoming car problems today on the Christian Car Guy Show. And as you may have guessed from the Beatles there in the intro, Bob, overcoming car problems may have something to do with a cry for help. 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 Help, <laughs> help me again. And then interesting how in that song it says I've opened up the door. I kind of highlighted that. Yeah, three times I can. <laughs> so we are live today, and if you want to cry for help, we are ready to take your call. 866-348-7884 is the number to call in. Maybe you got something that you've been dealing with. You want some help. We don't know if we can help you, but maybe somebody else listening, because we got a lot of car guys that listen to this show, can help you. It's always neat, Bob, I think, how I may not know the answer to the problem, but somebody else listening may know. So call us, 866-348-7884. Cry out, and you got a shot at overcoming, right, Bob? Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. So I'm here with my Christian junkyard guy, Bob Young, who's had a very exciting week. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been thinking about this, crying out for help. And I heard a podcast from John Eldridge's ministry. It's called Ransom Hearts. And, and, he's, and he read this excerpt from C.S. Lewis's classic, The Chronicles of Narnia, A Horse and His Boy, and I've never forgotten it. It made such an impact on me. I went out and bought the book, read the whole book, and this passage still has an impact on me. And I think it will you too, so I'm just going to steal the idea and do it because it's just too good not to use. And since I love stories, I should point out that at the end of the show today, we have another episode of Christian Car Guy Theater. That's a story all of in itself, Jailhouse Justice Part 10. So we're going to get to that in a minute. But first, got to take up Shasta. And this was one of the Chronicles of Narnia, which you may know feature Aslan the Lion, which is a picture of Christ. It's kind of important you know that if you're not familiar with the Chronicles of Narnia, that in those stories there's this giant lion who has this image of the fear of the Lord, and his name is Aslan. Well, in the horse and his boy, which is kind of a neat title when you think about it, Bob, that this horse has his own boy. <laughs> Shasta's the boy, and... And Shasta doesn't know that actually he's a prince, like so many fairy tales. You know, the, son's, the son of the king got kidnapped and taken off, and he doesn't even have the right name. He goes by Shasta because that's what the fisherman that found him in the lake, you know, called him and raised him rather harshly and was mistreating him when all of a sudden this horse shows up on a Narnia. And if you're familiar with Narnia, the animals talk there. 
And so this horse takes him on this adventure where he learns that there's this plot to, um, as you might imagine, the evil king is going to go after Narnia and he's going to go after this place. And, and he's sent on this long adventure where the horse that he's obviously named after, you know, the horse and his boy, he gives out because they've, they've been running for three days trying to get word that the invasion's coming. And he finds himself alone and tired. He hasn't eaten in days. And that's where we're going to pick up this scene is what I was talking about is crying for help. It says, and being very tired, having nothing inside him, he felt so sorry for himself that tears rolled down his cheeks. What put a stop to all this was a sudden fright. Shasta discovered that someone or somebody was walking beside him. It was pitch dark and he could see nothing. And the thing or person was going so quietly that he could hardly hear the footfalls. What he could hear was breathing. He himself, he was invisible. His invisible companion seemed to breathe on a very large scale and Shasta got the impression that it was a very large creature. And he had come to notice that this breathing so, was so gradual that he had really no idea how long it had been there. It was a horrible shock. It darted into his mind that he'd heard long ago that there were giants in these northern countries. He bit his lip in terror. But now that he really had something to cry about, he stopped crying. <laughs> the thing, unless it was a person, went on beside him so very quietly that Shasta began to hope he'd only imagined it. But just as he was becoming quite sure of it, there was a sudden, deep, rich sigh out of the darkness beside him. That couldn't be my imagination. Anyway, he had felt that horrible hot breath and that sigh on his chilly left hand. <laughs> if the horse that he was riding now had been any good, he'd have known how to get it to go. If he could risk everything, he'd break away on a wild gallop. But he knew that he couldn't make that horse gallop, so he went around, went along, walking at a, a walking pace, and the unseen companion walked and breathed beside him. At last, he could bear it no longer. See, here comes, he's going to cry out. <laughs> who are you? He said, one who has waited long for you to speak. <laughs> Is that not one of the greatest lines? I, I've thought about that and thought about it and thought about it. You're sitting there scared to death, and you're just afraid to cry out. You're afraid to cry out when you finally do. One who has waited long for you to speak, said the thing. Its voice was loud, but large and deep. Are you a giant, asked Shasta. Oh, you might call me a giant, said the large voice, but I'm not like the creatures you call giants. I can't see you at all, said Shasta. And after a very hard, after, excuse me, after starting very hard, then from a more even terrible idea came into his head he said and almost in a scream are you something dead oh no please go away what harm have i ever done you oh i'm the unluckiest person in the world once more he felt the warm breath of the thing on his hand and face there it said is that the breath of a ghost and here comes the invitation of invitations he says tell me your sorrows so you think about that passage right there and you think he has been obviously that's Aslan the line which is a picture of Jesus who's been walking alongside you Bob all week and, and I don't know how many times you could have cried out and he would have said tell me about it I've got I've got something for you well over this beginning of this year and again we, we have the Jesus labor of love and we're going to get to that in a minute and some of these overwhelming things that have been coming upon us 
here to help people with car repair. And so this does have to do with overcoming car problems, but it has to do with overcoming problems and period. So similarly to Shasta crying out and overcoming, Jacob, you might remember, in the book of Genesis, cried out in an all-night wrestling match, right? He wrestled with a man or angel or God, which I believe was also the same character that Shasta was talking to there. And those details, I believe, would glean the secret of the wrestling hold that Jacob used to overcome. In fact, God said Jacob overcame, right? Man and angels. So the truly amazing is after he overcame, after Jacob overcame, he was given gifts that if you go to the book of Revelation and you look in Revelation 2, what's gonna get, what are you going to get if you overcome? And the way I read that, at least, if you read Revelation 2 and 3, you're going to get a new name, right? And I don't know if you noticed it, but Jacob got a new name when he overcame the angel, right? He got the name Israel. He said, you're going to get power over the nations. Well, would you say Israel's had a bit of power over the nations over the year? You're going to get a pillar in the temple of God with God's name on that pillar in the new Jerusalem. Do you think that Jacob has a pillar? <laughs> of course. And he's going to sit on his father's throne. Now, if you're to go to the C.S. Lewis story, and I'm a little spoiler alert, Shasta's real name is Kor because he's the son of the king. And after he overcomes and actually helps them from being invaded from the evil king, guess what happens? It's his name. He gets his name back. It was Kor. Guess what else happens? He ends up sitting on his father's throne. A and he was not just the prince. He had a twin like Jacob, <laughs> but he was the crown prince. And, and so isn't that interesting that here he gets all this stuff. So I have been really thinking about this wrestling match. And, and if you listened to us last week, I had a chance to talk with uh, Nikita Koloff and Lex Luger. They are professional wrestlers. And, and I've been thinking a lot about this wrestling match. And there are four things that God showed me, the first of which was you got to let go of your brother's heel. Now, you may know that the word Jacob means heel grasper. <laughs> well, if you look at Jacob's life, he was like the ultimate poser, man. He, he was trying to be his brother from day one and even went to the extent of putting on the hairy arms and putting on this field smell and all that stuff so that he could get his father's blessing. In other words, he grappled his life trying to be his brother. So you got to let go of your brother's heel. We got the rest of this wrestling match, but we need your cry. If you need help, 866-348-7884. Car problems today on the Christian Car Guy Show. We are talking about the overcomer wrestling hold. We're going to get to that a little bit more in a second, but we would love to hear your story, your car problem, maybe your comment, 866-348-7884-866-34-TRUTH. I'm here with my good friend, Bob Young, our Christian junkyard guy. And Bob, you wrestled in, in uh, high school, and it, overcoming for all night long compared to a six-minute match is kind of unthinkable, isn't it? Unthinkable. Uh you know, if you went out and you pinned your opponent quickly, you know, you'd come off the 
the mat and you'd still be gassed pretty bad. But, you know, if you had this, you know, wrestle the whole six minutes, the three, two minute periods, it was just unbelievable what it would do to you, how, how much that took. And the thought of wrestling all night long is, uh, unfathomable for me. That's a pretty big word. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) So getting back to number one in the overcomer hold is apparently if you're going to grasp hold of the angel and wrestle with him, you got to let go of something else. And in this case, Jacob needed to let go of his brother's heel. And it's an interesting thing. If you look at those blessings that Jacob got in the book of Genesis, in Genesis 27 was the Jacob blessing that he stole from his brother. It was Esau's blessing, actually. And it was, may the nations bow down to you, and may your mother's sons bow down to you, and may you get the dew of heaven and riches. It was, you're going to be rich and famous, and, and you're going to be big and powerful. That was Esau's blessing. But later on, when he went to go to Padam Aran and meet Laban and all that was going on, he got a second blessing. And when you look at that second blessing, you're going to see that's actually Jacob's blessing. And it was the one from Abraham that said, essentially, you're going to be the family that has Jesus. A whole lot better blessing than the one that he stole from his brother. And so it's an interesting thing that you might see in this wrestling match is that after the match, Jacob does everything he can to give Esau back his blessing. In other words, you see him line up all these people, all this. Watch how many times they bow down. Why are they bowing down like that when Esau shows up? They're trying to give him back his blessing. He gives him all those goats and stuff. What's he trying to do? He's trying to give him back the wealth. He said, I don't want this. I want my blessing. I don't want your blessing. So the number one thing about getting your overcomer on is you got to let go of your brother's heel, even his name is Jacob. Number two, and this is the part that's unthinkable, is you got to hang on. I mean, it's, it's simple, but it's all night long. It's unthinkable. How in the world are you going to do that? And, and you might remember Peter and John, they fell asleep and Jesus said, you know, the the spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. And so maybe you've wrestled in prayer all night or at some point in the night, it's hard not to fall asleep. So the interesting thing that I can't help and the thing that God kept taking me back to in this all night wrestling match was Jacob's hip. Remember that the angel touched his hip. Knocked it out of socket, right? Right. And actually Jacob limped when he went out to see Esau. And if you think about it, Jacob is remembered to this day by all Israel for his weakness, not his strength. That they won't eat the hip of an animal, the Jews won't to this day, because they remember Israel was touched in his hip. And he went out to his brother limping. Now, I just you're a wrestler, Bob. Think about this. You're grabbing hold of you got to hold this angel, and he touches your hip. What are you going to have to do? as soon as your legs go out from underneath you, you're going to have to grab on tighter than you did before, right? Because you got no legs to hold on to you anymore. That is, that's just mm, unthinkable. It is unthinkable, but that's what took place. And so this idea of Shazak that they show in the, in the Be Strong and Courageous in Joshua is being lashed onto something. Well, Jacob was so tight on that angel, he was lashed onto him. And what did he do? I'm not going to let go of you until you bless me. <laughs> That's how he got the blessing, because he wouldn't let go. until He cried out. He cried out, I need something from you, angel. You, you've, you've touched my hip. I can't support myself. I'm here hanging on to you. What, what else can I do? And so 
when we're thinking about this overcoming, you know, the first and, and one of those things you got to do is you got to realize that it's through your weakness that God's going to bless you like he did. It, 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 it's through the point that you, you can't hold yourself up anymore. That's where you got to reach out for help. And that's what so many people do on the Jesus Labor Love. They're reaching out for help because they can't hold themselves up. And they're willing to admit that they can't hold themselves up, and they're willing to ask God for a blessing. Isn't that amazing? Very amazing. And uh, that's when you receive your help, though, is when you, when you just cry out. And so many times we don't realize that God's all we need until God is all we have. And then... Uh, there's, I found myself in that position a few times, and and he's always there, ready, willing, and, and just waiting on us. His strength is made perfect in weakness, and fortunately for me, I got plenty of weakness. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> we got Leonard in Raleigh. He's got an issue. Maybe we can help him. Leonard, you're on the Christian Car Guy Show. Good morning. Thanks for calling. Good morning. Thanks for being here for us. I hope we can help. What's going on? I have a 2013 Volkswagen Passat, and the slippery from slippery when wet comes on when I'm making a right-hand turn often, and it can be on dry pavement, and it's intermittent, so I don't, I don't, I can't correlate it with anything. And I I have that question: (laughs) What do you do with that? Have you checked the manual uh, to see about that light? What I used to think was slippery when wet was my traction control light. Uh-huh. And uh, it was telling me that uh, the traction control was on. And um, I thought it was a slippery when wet. But uh, after a little study with the manual, uh, I got a little clarification on. Uh, what color is that light? Yellow. Uh, it's Yellow. Okay. It's yellow, and sometimes when I pull out, though, the engine won't allow me to go any faster. And if I pull out in traffic on dry pavement, it, it kind of puts me in a little bit of a risk. Right. And what's going on, obviously, for that light to come on is the sensor saying a wheel is spinning, and so it's actually trying to get traction, but it might be a sensor problem. It sounds like what's going on, Leonard. But we will take you when we come back on the other side of the break. And we got Tim and Colfax wants to talk. And so we got to hear your cry for help. 866-348-7884. So much more. Christian Car Guy Show coming up. Coming car problems today on the Christian Car Guy Show, and we would love to see what we can do with yours. You call us 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH. We had Leonard in, in oh, we lost Leonard in Raleigh, um, who had a Volkswagen Passat that uh, was having a slippery wind light come on when he was making right-hand turns. We were talking about that right before the break. And I was going to say, 
about that situation that when you have one of those lights coming on, what's happening is your car thinks it's slipping, and which means that the sensor's going off for some reason, and that could be a faulty sensor. It could be a number of electronic issues that could lead to a faulty, faulty sensor, but essentially that's, that's it, wherein lies the issue. And because your car thinks it's slipping, it's going to change you know, how that wheel touches the, the pavement, all that, and can cause all sorts of stuff. So, it, you know, you may notice, and you may have noticed this, Bob, that I love that song, Nip It in the Bud, I always play in the intro. I hadn't noticed. <laughs> the reason I love that song is it, the way cars work is you, you might have heard it in an old Fram commercial years ago, you can pay me now or you can pay me later. In and other you words, can. you got something like that, you got to attend to it. But like a lot of questions, I, we don't have the answer so what do we do? We say, hey, anybody out there listening today, maybe you had a Volkswagen Passat, maybe you had this very thing happen, we would love to take your call. 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH, or as we were talking about earlier, ask God. You know, the prayer, he provides wisdom. It's amazing what he will do. But I like the fact that the guy's ready to get it taken care of right away because that old commercial that you were talking about, you know, you can pay me, it's, it's very clear that he's talking about you can pay me a little now to fix it or you can pay me a lot later when it causes you a huge, uh, more astronomical problem. Right, because it's putting strain on the differential every single time that it's doing that. And also we had Tim call in. He had a comment about this wrestling match we were talking about between Jacob and Israel. We would love for him to call back 866-348-7884 is a number to call in and share. And I do really, really feel this overwhelming situation that we have the Jesus labor love here on the Christian car guy show, which is car repair labor for single moms, widows, families across the country. It's a ministry we've had now for a number of years. It works with inside the Christian car guy show. It's a 501 C three. And so we, we often tell you about the situations. Well, since Christmas, Bob, literally we've had over 50 app. We've never had applications pour in like we have had them this year. And it, it overwhelms me. And so I'm actually crying out <laughs> right now. I cried out to God this morning. I made a very, very long prayer request for all these ladies that I, I don't, I, you know, I, we only have so many resources. I think we've got two volunteers in, in Raleigh, and there are six deep right now waiting on those two volunteers. We, we have maybe five volunteers in Winston-Salem, and there's, there are three or four deep waiting on these volunteers in Winston-Salem. I have needs for eight different vehicles from Virginia to Georgia that people that their cars are give out. And if you look at these, and if you go to christiancarguy.com and look at my prayer request, you're going to find a lot of these moms, they have special need children. They have children with um, terminal illnesses. They're trying to get them to the doctor. This isn't something like, man, I hope we can figure out, you know, a way that, that these are, these are critical needs. And somehow or another, God honored us, clearly, in my view, to be able to at least pray with these folks, at least offer it up and say, Here, here's what we, we're overwhelmed, and at this point of weakness, we're going to reach out for your help, your help in either praying for those needs that I listed at christiancarguy.com, or maybe you can donate some time, maybe you know somebody that's in the repair business, maybe you can donate a car, maybe you can donate some money, I don't know where that is or how that is, but um, 
you know, it, it's one of those things that, 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 that all I can do is reach out and say, there it is, there it is. And God help us. So many times people don't realize the advantage, um, to, uh, donate in a car and, um, it can really help you out tax wise and, um, and really help somebody out that, uh, has a huge need here. Yeah. And we were blessed this week. I got a call from, so, you know, I went from needing nine cars to eight cars because a man in Raleigh, actually his mother had passed away and he wanted to donate her car only at 60,000 miles, but it needed $600 worth of work. He didn't want to fix the car. So why not donate it to us? We have people to fix the car and he gets the tax donation. I mean, it all works out. Well, we have Lynn is in Seattle. We don't want to not get this call because she knows something about Leonard's skid sensor. So Lynn, you're on the Christian car guy show. Good morning. Hi. What, what you got for us? Um, well, I have the same problem on my Sienna. It was the anti-skid would engage when I would bank, like getting on an on-ramp for a freeway. Right. And I was going through tires like crazy, and I took it in four different times, finally took it to the dealer, and they would recalibrate it so that it wouldn't fix the problem. And when I finally took it to the dealer, I said, well, what if it's not fixed after I spent $400 on them, quote, fixing it? And he said, oh, it is. And I went nine miles and I did it again. And they said I had to replace the sensor, which was about $2,500. And I have 235,000 miles on my van, so I wasn't going to do that. So my solution, which is not probably by the book, was... Um, the guy at the chain where I get my oil change showed me where the, uh, the fuse is. <laughs> so I hey, you pulled it. Out. Yeah, you bypassed the system. <laughs> yeah. My hat's because off I, to you. You know, I can, I can drive on slick roads, but I can't, I can't drive on slick roads if the tires. I, you're exactly right. And it shouldn't be. <laughs> I, I commend you. I mean, so, uh, somehow oh I've God, lived I my whole life without it. So, yeah. That's awesome, Lynn. Yeah, That's a great solution. So all of the all of the lights on my dash are lit up all the time. <laughs> it also, unfortunately, um, was the same fuse for my analog brake. Oh wow! But you know, cars haven't always had analog brakes, and I haven't rear-ended anybody yet. Knock on wood. <laughs> Well, that's wisdom, Lynn. God bless you. Thank you for calling in today. That was really awesome. I appreciate yeah, it. God, it made my day. Cool. Thank you. Good. All right. We have Tim is in Colfax. He's got some wisdom for us. We've been waiting on this call. Tim, I hope we can get it in. Tim, what you got for us? Uh, a question about my car and also a comment okay. about Jacob. Uh, my car, I had the fuel uh, pump changed about four months ago, and they had to, it's a caravan, they had to drop the tank to put it on. It oh, yeah. Right it was, expensive. It was, they said the pump was like $400. Anyway, it was 700 bucks. I was not expecting. But anyway, my engine light come on with the, uh, where the mileage indicator is, it says gas cap. Well, I brought it to their attention, and they said that I needed to get a new gas cap. What would they have done to cause that light to come on? I'm getting an uh, echo. I'm sorry. Do you have your radio on in the background, Tim? Oh, n- no. Okay. I got it turned down, though. Okay. It's 10. Um, well, that light comes on when there's a vent, vent problem. In other words, it... Yeah. It, and so but, something happened 
Probably. Now, it may need a new gas cap, and it may be that your old gas cap, um, you know, couldn't take the new tank, so to speak. Um, that wouldn't be totally unusual. What were you going to say, Bob? A filler neck may have not got connected quite right. Right. When they put the gas. That's what up. I'm wondering. Because they told me, you know, I asked them why it cost so much, and they told me they had to drop the tank. That's right. To put the fuel pump on. And so I, I would say that that, that definitely, and you can tell them Robbie and Bob said they need to take another look. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, my comment now. Okay. And this sounds like a Adam excuse. But, you know, you think about Jacob. He didn't name himself Deceiver. (laughs) His parents (laughs) did. The other thing is, and, of course, I know this is all in the providence of God. The other thing is, his mother, his sweet mother put him up to that. And I I know that everything worked out, and, you know, he, he got... He was able to seek forgiveness for me, Saul, but, you know. It's uh, definitely just, part of the story I, that families, but that's the beauty of the Bible from my perspective. You know, yeah. it's, it's all messed up like my family. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, dysfunctional. You know? family in the, yeah, every one of them are dysfunctional. <laughs> oh, man. You know, and I, and I, would, I, would, I wouldn't make the mistake of standing before God and saying that he caused Adam to fall. Or, oh, wow. Uh, well, Tim, we got to go. And the, the next okay. segment is going to be a Christian car guy theater or jailhouse justice. Part 10, so we're going to miss out in Carl in Virginia Beach. So we're going to get Carl's information off off the uh, air. And you stay tuned because this is an awesome episode. And now time for Christian Car Guy Theater. With today's episode... Jailhouse Justice, Part 10. Previously on Jailhouse Justice, the villainous noir and his sidekick, Loser Lou, have escaped stealing Jimmy's Jeep from the church parking lot, much to the horror of the Under the Hood gang in Jimmy's Jeep. The sheriff's posse, which consisted of Eustace, Nahum, Nettie, Elvira, Bob, and Pastor Jack were in a hot pursuit of Noir and Lou as the two drove recklessly over the high mountain cliffs and finally took one precarious curve too many. And way too fast, the Jeep ends up hanging on by a few branches and rocks as the late Loser Lou is thrown over the cliff and Noir smashes his head into the dashboard. Sadly, the Noir finds himself in a place that he had often mocked and even used as a curse word. That would be hell. A very dark place. A place that crackles with fire and heat and periodic screams, moans, indistinguishable words. What the hell is going on here? This can't be hell. I'm having a bad dream. You're not real! Oh, it's real, all right. Remember how Yanti used to try to tell you about all these things, huh? You want a wake-up call? How'd you like my fire room? We'll throw in some chains! Nice and hot. That'll get a chain reaction. <laughs> no! Stop it! It's too late now, Noir. <sighs> My aunt told me something else. Jesus! Have mercy on me! <laughs> Shut up! He can't help you! Jesus! <laughs> Meanwhile, 
Jimmy, Eustace, and the sheriff go about the dangerous task of securing the jeep with a winch in the trees above the jeep so it wouldn't fall over the steep cliff. Finally, Warren Winch secures the jeep and can't help bragging a bit. As I have told you many times, I am one capable cable guy. Mm, done. Just under the wire. The Under the Hood gang and Jimmy's Jeep react. Uh, and we do thank you, Mr. Winch, for getting in under the wire, but don't get your wires crossed. Believe me, we still need another miracle to keep us from falling the rest of the way down this cliff. I mean, this is a tight spot, right, Gracie Gas Tank? No fuel and dammy tensioner, but we've been through a lot together, gang. And we know that as we pray, the great mechanic in the sky will once again fill our tanks. He has put us back together on more than one occasion, and he can do it again. We just have to ask him believing he can do it, if that's what he wants. He's very refined, right, Mosey Motorola? Yay! Hey! That's right, Gracie. Yeah, the great mechanic in the sky is no frictional character. Hey, and I'm betting that's exactly what he wants, Gracie. Yeah, I, I'm betting, all right, Tom. I'm betting he still has a purpose for this old Jeep here. He can do anything. Why, I remember when he turned my crude into refined oil of the and he changed my contaminated washer fluid to pure through and through. And now I spritz because I'm happy. I spritz because I'm free. There's nothing mystifying about the great mechanic in the sky. And we know mist, right, Fernando Fuel Injector? See, si, see, si, mi amigo Wally Windshield Wiper. Hi, Octane. The fuel of the Lord will never ignite till the moment is right. <laughs> By prayer and meditating on my Bible, the fuel I inject will move the kingdom forward to the great mechanic in the sky's glory. <laughs> Pure as the blast of air from my little bonita Anita intake. Ah, Fernando, my husband. As I always say, the choke's on me. <laughs> in other words, too much hot air and not enough fuel make a lean, not rich mixture when the great mechanic tunes us as we purr like a kitten. Right, honey? Sure. <laughs> oui, c'est vrai, this is true. The Lord's crash course repaired all the bumps and scratches on my fender. <laughs> so, as a body, we all need to connect with the great mechanic in the sky by praying to him for the big miracle. That's Formula One fuel, Frenchy Fender, because if the great mechanic in the sky puts us on our kingdom purpose, even the horrible choices this Noir character's made can come under the blood of his son, Jesus. Meanwhile, since the Jeep is more secure, the sheriff is able to take a better look at Noir, who seems dead as a doornail. Eustace just called 911, and the ambulance and tow truck are on the way. Well, you just take it easy, Sheriff. We don't want you going over the cliff. I mean, that, that guy ain't worth your life, that's for sure. Nobody's a lost cause to God, Eustace. That's right, Pastor Jack. Y'all know what I mean? God is not willing that anybody should perish. That's right, Nettie. I know that better than anyone. Oh, you're right, Sheriff. Me too. Well, well can you tell? Is, is Noir still alive? 
I don't know. He looks dead. But for some reason, I feel like he's not quite there yet. And that's why we need to pray. That's right, Elvira. Maybe God will do a miracle. Dear Lord, you really are a miracle-working God, and we feel so utterly compelled to pray for this lost soul. Please, Lord, save him. Eustace, Bob, Nahum, Nettie, and Elvira sense the prayer urgency and continue praying with Pastor Jack. But meanwhile, as Noir seems to hover between life and death, and mostly death, he's still calling out to Jesus as the devilish demon taunts him. Oh, God, everything is so clear now. Even in this dark place, <laughs> it is all so horribly clear. I was wrong. I was wrong. Oh, Jesus! Jesus! Oh, poor little man. You were wrong. Ha! Sounds like a country song. Why don't you sing, I did it my way? And this is where your way led, little stupid man. Jesus! Jesus! Forgive me! Forgive me. It's too late now, fella. You getting thirsty? Huh? No living water down here. <laughs> the prayer warriors continue to pray. Lord, you, you sent your son Jesus into the world to save the world. Even everybody, even people like Noir and me. Yes, not to condemn the world. Lord, you told us if two or three are gathered together in your name, there you are in our midst. And Lord, oh, you said that if we all agreed together according to your will, it would be done for us. And we know that you're not willing for any to perish. Even a man as evil as Noir, help him, God. Nothing is too hard for you, Lord. Help Noir to call on Jesus, your son, to save him from his sins, Lord. Hey guys, I think your prayers are working. Noir is coming back to life. This might be a miracle. Will Noir make a comeback? Could even someone as evil as him be changed? Stay tuned for our next episode of Jailhouse Justice. Meanwhile, here's Danny Dipstick and Randy Radiator to wrap up today's show. And it's a wrap. Maybe not for Noir. <laughs> Randy, all the talk between Fernando Fuel Injector and Anita Intake was a gas. Wasn't it, Randy? Well, yeah. Yeah, Daddy. Even Gracie Gas Tank sounded pumped. <laughs> but seriously, Daddy, even when you're dangling over a cliff, our hope in salvation will quiet our souls like King David taught in Psalm 62, 2. My soul waits in stillness, only for God. From Him comes our salvation. Golly, Randy. That high-octane tune fuel will ignite only when the great mechanic in the sky knows it's time to purr like a kitten. So with all these prayers from people who are tried to harm, God's grace is pictured by His people. Oh, Randy. Sounds like Jimmy's Jeep is a perfect vision of Grace Car Drive. Now I think you're finally on track. <laughs> Say goodbye, Daddy. <laughs> See you later, Radiator.